Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome back to Chiefs Draft Special. Yes, I was saying seven picks next year, but of course, there's going to be the Ryan Poles extra pick. Yeah. The comp picks, I'm going to decide. They'll probably end up, honestly, they'll probably go into it with about 11 picks. Well, yeah. It's no. about nine now with the comp picks. And Tyron Matthew, if he would have signed somewhere, that would have been. No, yeah, seriously. I think right now, since they haven't really had made, made any big contract signings this offseason. And those could be anywhere from third to seventh. Yeah, yes, yes. Third is the highest. But, you know, they were in a good spot, but. Tyron not signing that big deal yet has kind of screwed them in the comp the comp uh, the compensation pick formula and I feel like he may end up signing some cheap one year deal to prove it you know prove himself again or something I I think he really wanted a big deal and he was really holding out for it and he's not getting it um, so it's it's kind of screwed the Chiefs in the comp formula huge thanks to Thor Nystrom uh, from NBC uh, Sports Edge who joined us talking mock Josh Edwards CBS Sports and Lucas Cruel the tight end from Pittsburgh looking to be drafted uh, this season for joining us. Some of these mock drafts are out, Ron. I like to go through uh, some of these mocks and just tell you what guys are doing. You already know what I'm doing, Arnold. But Katie, yes. in a combination of Christian Watson or Sky Moore, Charles Davis. Love Charles Davis' um, analysis of uh, NFL work. I think Charles Davis is one of the best, to be quite honest with you. He just put his mock out. He's got Christian Watson going at 29. That's a familiar name. And Boye Mafe going to the Chiefs as well. So we went wide receiver and edge. Uh, Ryan Wilson from CBS went Karloftis and Kyle Gordon. Kyle Gordon's getting a lot of run lately. He's the second corner at Washington with Trent McDuffie. Mm -hmm. It always concerns me getting a second guy from a defense like Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie because who's who's the real deal? Who are they picking on? Who are they not? Yeah. Because I go back to Ryan Sims being picked by the Chiefs. Same draft as Julius Julius Peppers going number two. And the Chiefs did the same thing with Eddie Griffin. Right. And Brian Thomas, same defense from UAB, and they get the wrong guy. They get the wrong guy twice in, in that same draft. But uh, Kyler Gordon's or Kyle Gordon's been a guy mocked the Chiefs a little bit. But Washington's becoming defensive back U. Yeah, <laughs> I no, guess they, at they, this point. But I'm always hesitant when there's two corners from the same team. Yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. And there's another pair uh, this year that I well, like. He could be the best one. I, mean, yeah, I don't know. Right? Maybe it's not McDuffie. No, Kyler Gordon's a, a big play or, you know, kind of an exciting player, a flashy player when you watch him. Um, he's not a typical, uh, you know, a guy that I would think of for a Chiefs outside cornerback, but he's definitely a guy that can play in the slot and, and give you just some playmaking ball skills. You know, he, he's made a Brian Stewart, you know, a great AP contributor has, has highlighted a particular play of Gordon's on Twitter where he extends like he's Julio Jones and, and taps to get an interception. I mean, he's a he's a, a ball player for sure. So he's going to go in that late round, that late first round range, probably early second. But I, I do think it's interesting because you said Ryan Wilson of CBS, but also Peter Schrager has those same two guys, Carl Loftus and Kyler Gordon. Karloftis, if he's there, man, I think that's a really oh, Peter really... Schrager from NFL Network. Yeah, he did the same thing. Yeah, and I and I really like Karloftis at twenty nine or thirty. I don't think you know at, at, when he was a top fifteen ish pick. I you know I, I don't think he's that exciting of a player where you want to spend a top fifteen pick on him. But bottom of the first round, man, I think that's a really good value for Karloftis. And yeah, he may not be the most exciting pick, um, but he is a really young player, a guy that hasn't played football that long. And you see that raw power, that raw kind of burst with with that, you know, that mass, that size. He's a, he's a big dude and, and has some some burst, you know, may not be the most technically refined player. And and, yeah, he might be kind of a low ceiling guy. But I, I really think at the bottom of the first round, a guy that can come in right away. George Kaloftis is really intriguing to me. So I'm glad we're seeing him maybe going there. I mean, I, w- I would have mocked him, but I was a little bit afraid yeah, of him sliding exa- down. But more and more of these mocks have exactly. been there. And I'm not sure that he lasts that long because. You're looking like Vegas odds and stuff of him being top 18 pick. I mean, I know. And that's the thing. But that's why I take Schrager, you know, Schrager doing him there makes, you know, makes me think maybe there is more of a chance because I really think Peter Schrager is one of those plugged in guys. No, I'm with you. And then Kuiper and McShay did alternating picks where Kuiper picked then then McShay did. They had Jahan Dotson and David Ojabo, mm-hmm. the uh, hurt player uh, from Michigan in their uh, dual mock. Kuiper alone when Andrew Booth Jr. and Karloftis. So there's mm-hmm. another one. 
uh, for Karloftis. Todd McShay went Chiefs trading up to get Jamison Williams um, with the Chargers and then took Boye Mafe at 30, but I don't think the Chargers are going to trade the Chiefs. Then Maurice Jones-Drew uh, from NFL Network, the former player, did his today. <laughs> this is a wild one. Debo Samuels traded to the Chiefs. So that's uh, they take their pick. Um, they pick take 29, and they take Karloftis at 30. So <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah, MJD's no. wild uh, trade. Yeah, see, that's 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 no, no. I don't I don't want to see that happen. I know I know it is an exciting thing to to think about the Chiefs getting Debo Samuel, but the Chiefs have made it a emphasis this see this offseason to get younger and cheaper. And I know Debo Samuel is still a young player in this in the NFL. I'm not trying to say he's a, he's not, but I just think they've emphasized the cheaper part of it too. And Debo Samuel, after the season he had, where he what he did have a good argument to be an MVP candidate last year. People talk about Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel had a very good MVP argument last year for what he did with the Niners. And so I think he's we're just seeing his peak value right now. And and I don't think in the in a vacuum, you know, who the player is, he's worth a first round pick and paying him. He's not that kind of player, in my opinion. He's just not that that valuable. Um, he's a really good player, but not to that extent. So, uh, Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson had Drake London and Boye Mafe. I'm not sure Drake wow. London. Wow. I'd love me that some Drake Sam, London, man. Sam's pretty plugged in with Pro Football Focus. So Yeah, yeah, I don't believe this. but yeah, I And don't. I know PFF likes to do their uh, mocks where they, they do uh, what they think should happen or whatever. So, yeah. maybe that's this case. But, no, Drake London is my wide receiver, too, in this class, just behind yep. Garrett Wilson. And he is just such a playmaker at his size, you know, being able to bully corners. But also, in my opinion, be able to shake some dudes create some separation more than people give him credit for be a big slot guy. He, you know, there's, there's a, there's games you watch him at a USC where he's exclusively in the slot and, and play, you know, getting bubble screens, getting passes into space and making people miss. That's what I really like about Drake London. I think people don't give him enough credit for being a, a guy that can move uh, before and after the catch. Vinny Iyer sporting news had Traylon Burks and Boye Mafe. Uh, a lot of people, Mafe, he seems to be, the consensus one. Yeah, because I think I think what it is is he's he's got the size and he's got a, a lot of potential. Um, you know, he, he was used kind of more as a three or four outside linebacker in college, but he's 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 a big guy. You know, he's not he's not he's not small and he was really athletic. So I, I, it makes sense. But he is still more of a projection uh, into the Chiefs defense a little bit. So some uh, interesting mocks there and coming up later, we'll look at the uh, the prop bets, the over under on the uh, yes. the draft slot that players will be taking. Take the over or under. We'll go through some of those as well. But coming up next, I still need to get to uh, second-round picks and hear Ron's opinion on those. And we'll hear Ron talk about receivers, edge rushers, you name it. Your questions as well, 913-576-7610. Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line. We do all that next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs draft special. Jay Binkley with the lead analyst of ArrowheadPride.com. Ron Kopp, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. What's coming up on Arrowhead Pride now, Ron? I know you guys have been uh, busy with your uh, your breakdowns, your mock yes. talk, all sorts of different uh, fun stuff leading up to what's going to be a ton of content next week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, our team has been so busy this offseason. I, I can't um, I can't even describe how much help they've uh, we, we've had at the site. Everyone's so into the draft this year. Rocky Magana doing all the mock drafts. Christian doing a horizontal board on the with the draft database. Uh, you know, Jared Sapp, just such good uh, knowledge with with how the compensation formula works and the free agency stuff, the cap space. Man, AP is is as stacked as it's ever been with with good uh, guys that just know their stuff, know football. I love it, man. I love it. So yeah, we've got plenty of stuff coming next week. We'll be live during the draft picks. Although I don't want to steal a shine, man. You'll be live too. So you know, I did. I'll be live too. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of uh, player profiles and uh, hanging, looking at these different guys and picking them and talking about them and. What we're going to do now, because the NFL player props are out. Um, Desmond Ritter is one, the quarterback, obviously from Cincinnati. Um, interesting one with Desmond Ritter. He's 30 and a half, his draft position. I'll take lower than 30 and five. I'll take the under because I think some of these quarterbacks, there's going to be a run on them. 
Yeah, Ritter is my QB one in this class. I really like Malik Willis. I, I think his talent is someone. That, something He's nine that, and a half, by the way. He's over under Malik, Malik Willis. Willis nine and a half. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We see a lot of him going at six, or some people even want to say he's going at two, which I I don't think so. I think we'll see. I think we'll see someone trade up into the top ten. It could be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin has has not been a secret that he likes Malik Willis, uh, maybe to be that next franchise quarterback in Pittsburgh. But no, on the thirty and a half with Ritter. That's a really hard number, man, because I think it, it, it. this is where, you know, the odds makers know what they're doing because he is going to maybe go at that 32 pick, right? That's where the Detroit Lions pick at 32. That's where, you know, we've seen it in the past. Well, Malik uh, could go number two to Detroit. That's, that's, that's what, yeah. been a popular. If he doesn't, then Ritter maybe at the end. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the then thing. he'd that's be a the good, over. Yeah, but that, but it's not even just the Lions, though. The Lions could trade back and, and a team wanting that quarterback, wanting that fifth-year option that's so valuable with a first-round pick, uh, you know, wanting to trade up and get, you know, get Ritter at the bottom of the first round. I think that's very possible. So that's why, you know, with what's going on, I would say this is over. I assume over means that he goes later than 30 yep. and a half um, because I, I just think that's kind of, it kind of seems like that's where he's going to go. If he goes in the first round is at the very bottom. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think Pickett. it seems like Pickett and Willis are more uh, thought about in NFL circles. Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in this draft, kind of a generational safety to be quite honest with you. Nine and a half over under on him. That is very tempting to take the under, considering yeah. how talented he it's is. It's plus one thirty too, so it's it's plus money. It's it's the underdog bet there. Um, yeah, I, I I think so. I think I think we're all just overthinking it a little bit. I think a team's going to be like, all right, this is Derwin James all over again. We saw Derwin James fall to number sixteen to the Chargers, obviously, or fifteen, whatever it was, ridiculously. Even though we knew at Florida State he was a heck of a player, he was going to be an, a, a star. For whatever reason, the safety position always gets undervalued in the draft. But I, I, I think teams, I, I would take the under just because I, you want to bet on teams, you know, not overthinking it, saying, hey, we're getting a really good player. We're getting a Derwin James type of impact at safety. Let's just take him, right? I, I think a team like the the Texans or even the Falcons, you know, a team that just needs talent without really regardless of position, that makes sense to me for them to pick. Now we'll look at a couple receivers that I know Chiefs fans are interested in. You hear about it all the time. Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, these guys, if the Chiefs trade up, Here's uh, Jamison Williams' profile that I'll give you his over-under. Jamison Williams, Alabama, wide receiver, 6'2", 189 pounds. Price rolls right and throws, complete Williams, Jamison midfield 50, and he's all the way in for a touchdown. After transferring to Alabama, Williams had a breakout season last year. 79 receptions, over 1,500 yards, and 15 touchdowns. But he tore an ACL in the national championship. Williams runs routes well and could be more than just a deep threat in the pros. Jamison Williams over-unders 11 and a half. A lot of people that are that are mocking him, the Chiefs, like uh, Todd McShay, we're putting it at 17. The Chiefs trade to 17. We've seen the Chiefs Chief trade to 14 to get even some popular mocks, but... Vegas is saying 11 and a half for Jamison Williams. And I think there's a reason it's that, that number I am hammering the under here. It's especially because it is at plus plus one fifty. but here's the thing. I mean, Jamison Williams, if he's so saying got, Garrett Wilson goes before him, I'm saying Jamison Williams is probably the first pick in the of receivers okay. in the draft. I, right. I, I think we're going to get to that point. I think the whole off season, it was just the injury that everyone was, was kind of factoring into their wide receiver rankings. But that's the thing, man, when you turn on the table, you turn on the receivers in this class, James Williams speed is going to stand out, but he's not just a speed threat. He can do a lot of other stuff. He's just a great overall receiver. I think he's going to be a really good Z in the league. And I just think, I think eventually teams are going to, I, I, I think you're starting to kind of hear it, man. I think you're starting to kind of hear a little bit that James and, and that's why this number is where it is. You know, I think a month ago it would have, should have been maybe closer to 20. I think Jameson Williams will go close to the top 10. And, and I think Washington or the jets at 10 makes sense for him. So he's your second receiver, Garrett Wilson. My 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 personal wide receiver one is Garrett Wilson, but to go in the draft, I would think it, it'd probably be Jameson Williams, then Drake London, then Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, wide receiver, six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. To the house goes Garrett Wilson again into the end zone on a fifty-one yard scoring play. Wilson has outstanding body control and ball skills, and also excels after the catch. He had over 1,000 yards receiving, 13 total touchdowns, and 70 catches for the Buckeyes last year. At the NFL Combine, Wilson ran an official 4.38 second 40-yard dash. Here's the one thing about Garrett Wilson. All right, this Ohio State receiver room was pretty full. And the aforementioned Jamison Williams was part of that Ohio State receiving room before he moved to Alabama. 
Jameson Williams, great year with Alabama. The previous two years at Ohio State, 15 catches for less than 14 or 400 yeah. yards. I mean, the production wasn't there. He hits the transfer portal, heads to Alabama, has a huge year. A lot yeah. of people have big years at Alabama. A lot yeah. of people shine with that offense under under Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. But he transferred. Yeah. And Jackson Smith Enigma led that team by 600 yards in receiving, 600 more than Garrett Wilson. Yeah. More catches than any of them there. There's a chance he might not have seen the field much at Ohio State because he might have been wide receiver number four, as talented as he is. Totally get that. But I, I do, you say that like a lot of guys at Alabama do go off at receiver. Yeah, you're right. But how many of them bust in the NFL? It seems like all of and them by go the way, into his the over under is 10 and a half. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett Wilson's is. Yeah. But for just real quick on Jameson Williams, just that I, Alabama receivers, they just seem to produce so, they, they, they are safe prospects, it seems like. I know he transferred in there, but I think NFL teams are, are going to trust what they saw last year, Jameson Williams. And I, I do think he could be the first pick. So Garrett Wilson, though, I think you need to hammer the over 10 and a half here. I think he is going to slip a little bit. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Daniel Jeremiah has him as, his, I think, his fifth player overall, maybe a sixth player. I really like Garrett Wilson, too. I just think there are some things. He's just, you know, not the cleanest route runner. Uh, he's just, he's, he's kind of more of a, he's kind of a, a orthodox receiver in terms of how he gets open, how he plays. He's not necessarily the cleanest guy. And I, and I do think maybe that, that comes into factor. And I, I see him going past 11, in my opinion. And by the way, go back to Jamison Williams for a second. His first two years at Ohio State, four games he played, six catches. Second year, six games, nine catches. Yeah. Goes to Alabama, plays in the 15, 79 catches. Yeah. So that's what he did. And Garrett Wilson. No, tre- uh, no tread on the tires, man. Is getting a lot after that. You mentioned Drake London as well. He's your what, number two? or Wide receiver two, yes. Just behind Garrett Wilson, ahead of Jameson Williams. Yeah. No, I I, they, I have a tier, man. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jameson Williams are all in that first tier to me. They're really okay. close to me. But I'm going to take Drake London's size, man. I'm going to take it over okay. Jameson Williams. And what he's at ten and a half, right? I would, I would uh, Drake London is. I had him ten and a half. Yeah, ten yeah. and a half. I mean, Garrett Wilson's same thing. Yeah, I know, and that's where this is tricky because now you're thinking, well, because I could see Drake London going ten to the Jets. I think the Jets could really use a type of receiver like like him, um, and and maybe Jameson Williams goes even earlier than that. So I still, I this is a tricky one. I would probably bet over just on, you know, the probability wise, um, because I, I think just the overall amount of receivers in this class could push them all down. Right. I think every team in the top 10 could be like, Hey, I could get a receiver later in the class. Why am I taking one now? So that's why honestly, all of these picks are probably smart to bet over the 10 and a half, 11 and Drake range. London's my number two wide receiver going forward. Drake London. Yeah. Drake London, USC six foot five, 210 pounds. Wide receiver. Throws back over the middle, complete in the end zone. It's a touchdown to London. He's a former basketball player who knows how to use his frame at wide receiver. Last year, he dominated against quality opponents before suffering a broken ankle. Despite playing only eight games in 2021, London still recorded seven touchdowns with 88 catches for over 1,000 yards. He's a walking mismatch with few red flags and lots to like. Lots to like, Ron. Lots to like for uh, Drake London. That, and ten and a half is yeah. his over/under. Yeah, that's and, and that's why it's a good line because I, I'm telling you that Jets at number ten. It makes a lot of sense for the Jets to want Drake London to help Zach Wilson out there. Unless for some reason they get Debo. Yes, but which, they could build which up that absolutely wide receiver room is the case with the Drake London. Yeah, and that because they have two early. Yeah, they have two early first round picks and two early. Uh, second round, yeah. thirty five and thirty eight. Got a lot of capital, man. So they have a ton of draft capital. Yeah, and and the thing with London too, too is that he mentions the basketball background, the, the little the little you know the snippet we get, you know it com- it comes to fruition, and it's and honestly last year was the first time he was a full time football player, did not play basketball at USC at the same time. I think that means something, man. He's finally making football the only sport he plays. He loves football. Exactly. We just heard it with Lucas. I mean, but, and I, I just think that could mean his, we could see him get even better as a football player because he hasn't been, he has been playing it part-time with basketball up until this point. That's pretty crazy to me. Another guy, a lot of people have been talking about and the combine one is, is kind to him is Trey Lumberg's. It's a guy that I liked before the season started a lot because of his size. It's the one thing, uh, the, the one knife in the drawer the Chiefs didn't have. But here's uh, Traylon Burks that a lot of people are still mocking to the Chiefs. And I know Chiefs fans are somewhat interested in Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, 6'3", 225-pound wide receiver, Arkansas. Pass right side, Burks down the sideline, nobody's there, touchdown Arkansas! Traylon Burks tore his ACL as a high school senior. 
but came back in a big way in 2019 at Arkansas when he was named to the SEC All-Freshman team as a receiver and second-team All-SEC as a returner. Burke has excellent size at 6'3", 225 pounds, but also has versatility. Arkansas used him as an outside receiver, a slot receiver, a running back, and even as a Wildcat quarterback. There's your Debo comparison, basically, for one Traylon Burks. His over-under is 22 and a half. Yeah. I will go the over yep. on Traylon Burks. Because I think there is a real possibility he's there when the Chiefs pick. Well, I know, but I also think I like this number. Or the be- Packers, because they picked 22 and 28, yeah. and they need receivers. I was going to say, this number makes sense, because at 22, I think it could make a lot of sense for the Packers to want Burks. But then also, right at that 24, right on the other side of it, the Dallas Cowboys make a lot of sense to take Burks, just because you know Jared Jones, man. He wants to take that that flashy player. He's an Arkansas guy himself. I think I think that makes a lot of sense for them to take Burks, um, even if they need other positions maybe a little more. They just traded away Amari Cooper because they have able receivers, although they did lose uh, Cedric Wilson as well this offseason. So they, they do have a little bit of receiver need. I think Traylon Burks goes in that late, that mid to late 20s, um, and he could even be a chief. He could even he could even go in that range as well. So I'd say over 22 and a half. Another guy that uh, Chiefs fans really like as far as the wide receiver position is concerned, and that's uh, Chris Olave. Chris Olave yep. uh, from Ohio State University. Again, Ohio State just absolutely loaded at wide receiver, so much so that Jamison Williams even had the transfer from Ohio State. But Chris Olave, a lot of run coming in this year, and Gary Wilson was good, and everybody knew he was good, but Olave got all the run going into the season. Chris Olave. 6'1", 187 pounds. Wide receiver, Ohio State. Cuts inside to the five and gets into the end zone for an Ohio State touchdown. Chris Olave. A smooth and fluid receiver, Olave also features the top end speed that makes him a threat anywhere on the field. His footwork helps create open space from defenders on both deep balls and curls, and he adjusts well to balls in the air. His lack of size and strength could hinder growth at the next level. He has average catching skills and could be more dangerous after the catch. Mm, average catching skills was under 1,000 yards last year. Ohio State had two receivers over 1,000 yards. He was under. His over-under is 17 and a half. Yeah. I'll take the over because I think yep. it's going to be around 20. I think so, too. Yeah, I really see, I really think that that late teens, early 20s is where receivers could fly off the board. That's why I, I think it's it's smart maybe to take those overs on the Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson's because it's over 10 and a half. I, I could see it. But, yeah, with Chris Olave, man, you talk about him potentially, you know, I, I don't think he'll fall to the Chiefs, but if he did, I mean, you're sprinting the car to the podium because I think he he offers you exactly what you need from the Chiefs right now in terms of speed, separation. Were you concerned that he fell that far if you're the Chiefs? Well, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. But I think it would tell you that the rest of the NFL is just more excited, which I understand more excited about some of these other guys, like George Pickens, who we haven't talked about yet, even a Traylon Burks. You could see how maybe there's a higher ceiling for some of these. There's, you know, even a Christian Watson, honestly, you know, you can see how there might be a higher ceiling for some of these guys because Olave might kind of just be what he is, which is a really good receiver, a really good Z that's going to give you really good routes and, and give you touchdowns. And, and, you know, if he's the second or third option in an offense, I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one. And, and that and that might be why he slides. But at the same time, you insert him into a Chiefs offense that doesn't necessarily need a wide receiver one right now. Maybe, you know, maybe they're going by committee for now. I think he fits. I think he'd fit really well. And the guy that Chiefs fans have been talking about a lot is George Pickens. He visited the Chiefs. In my, he's got good size. In my opinion, he's the most physical receiver out of this group. I don't know if he's the best receiver because he hasn't played yeah. much. He only played five games last year. Barely played those. I mean, it's five catches yeah. or something like that because he tore his ACL in spring practice. I'll give him credit because he got back for the season and towards the end. I mean, they, they weren't some weren't expecting him to get back, but he got back. I'll give him credit for getting back the year before he only played eight games. But George Pickens, a guy that made a top 30 visit for the Kansas City Chiefs. George Pickens, six foot three, 200 pound wide receiver, Georgia. High hanger, far sideline in the end zone, caught. Touchdown, Pickens! Pickens played in just four games for the Bulldogs in their national title run after tearing his ACL in the spring of 2021. With his tall frame, Pickens is an ideal fit to play on the outside as an X receiver and isn't afraid to block downfield. Some scouts feel the 21-year-old still needs work on route run and also needs to improve his burst off the line of scrimmage. Some will say, Ron, that uh, out of all these receivers, he could be the one at the end of the year. You look at it and say, wow, he had the most yards, the most catches than anybody. Extremely physical. I am concerned about how he plays. Now, he did tear the ACL. He's back from that. 
Yep. Obviously, we had a full season with Georgia had he played. And when he did play, he had big, big time numbers. Yeah. Big time yards per catch numbers with Georgia when he played. But just limited games, 12 games for the last two years. It's averaging six a year, not a bunch. Very possible if he doesn't get hurt this year, he's the first receiver taken just because because that, that he's a highlight reel kind of player too, right? He, yeah, he, you just mentioned he, he maybe maybe kind of inconsistent in terms of some of the the, the techniques of, of route running, the the kind of the precise and nuances of being a receiver. But then you see him jump over a dude and catch it one handed like it's nothing. You see him, you know, tip tap on the sideline and, and you know he's three feet in the air while he's doing it. I mean. That's that's the thing. He he is a flashy receiver at his size with that speed combination, that size speed combination. That's why he's he's so intriguing for everybody. That's why that we we kind of you know it's so exciting to think about him in a Chiefs uniform because he does seem to be maybe the highest ceiling receiver in this class. But there's also a reason that we may not even see him go in the first round. Depending on who you ask, he could slip you know pretty far. He could have a, a you know a, a slip to the second round or even maybe even further from what you hear from some people because. The injury history you mentioned, but also there is some, there is some things with 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 character concerns. Just because you see him, he, he's gotten uh, you know kicked out of games, ejected from games, um, in practices he's gotten some things. So, and I think that is actually why you've seen the Chiefs meet with him so diligently. You've seen at the combine it was reported, pre-draft visit top thirty you just mentioned. The Chiefs really like to do their homework on these kind of guys, and you can tell that that's maybe kind of the reason is because there could be some character things. The Chiefs want to iron that out because if they're going to pick a guy in the first round. Knowing the Chiefs, knowing this this organization, they want to make sure they're not you know they're they're not uh, making a you know a mistake or anything character wise. They're willing to make that mistake later in the draft, I think. But Pickens is going to have to be maybe be taken in the first round, depending on what's going on, and so they want to kind of evaluate whether they should take that swing or not. So it's interesting. Uh, text lines asking us before we move on about Jacari uh, Robertson from Wake Forest because yes, so he's a guy that did visit the Chiefs. Yes, he did top thirty visit with the Chiefs. Uh, what do you think of him? Well, I, I don't know what much about him. What round do you think of him? Yeah, he, he's definitely a late round priority free agent. I, I I will say, I'll be honest, I don't know much about him. I you know I can't look at he had every over thousand yards. Robertson, he did. He was a stud at Wake Forest. Yes, exactly, and, and that's the thing. You honestly, in those late rounds, find guys that have been productive in college because because you know you've already you know the guys that are that show four, the traits. Four four three, by the way. Yeah. Well, there you go. Six eight eight three cone. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that's a that's a very good number. Um, we talked about receivers. You know, anything below seven seconds is a good number for any position, obviously. Um, yeah. So that's that's really good. But yeah, no, that's the thing. It, it's all about at, at later in those rounds, you want to find guys that have been productive in college because they have experience. They, they're they're guys that have caught a lot of balls and are going to be able to come in and you know and show something. You know, take the traits earlier in the draft. Take the really good traits. You know, take the speed. Take the stuff if they're not the most polished receiver, but. You know, a guy like that makes a lot of sense and maybe in the seventh round. We'll get to Mach 4.0, second round. We get the first round earlier, but second round is going to be uh, highly contested or maybe Ron will like it. Not sure. He'll grade it next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. And welcome back to the Chiefs Draft Special. Jay Binkley with... Lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Ron Cop. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Ron underscore Cop, K-O-P-P. And the great Julio Sanchez on a Thursday night once again, as he's been with you on Thursday night for years. 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 We're old. Decades. Just about. So Mach 4.0 is out. Check it out, 610sports.com. First round, Arnold Abicati at 29. And then 30 was Christian Watson or Sky Moore, depending on who's there. They might both be there, but uh, then you flip a coin and you decide which one you want. If you want the taller receiver, you want the route runner in Sky Moore. Uh, round two, I have the Chiefs trading up. I have them trading up with the Jets. Um, they have two, uh, two third round or two second round picks, uh, 35 and 38, because they have two early first round picks. And I was like, yeah. It's hard to find trade partners because if they really worry about you and they're in the AFC, they may not trade yeah. with you. They may not. 100%. I mean, I think there's some teams that will like Houston because I they're going to get their butt right. kicked by everybody. So I don't think they <laughs> yeah. they care. But you find a team like the Vikings or Cardinals or somebody like that, and you say, can we do business with you? Or the Cowboys, somebody like that. But I have them trading up because I value this position. And you know most mocks you see, some of them have in the first round, but a lot of them have them going – 33, 34, 35, 36, top of the second round when the run on safeties begins because yeah. that's what he does. Daxton Hill, six foot, 192 pounds, safety, Michigan. Wolf back to throw. 
Steps up, throws, ball is intercepted. Dax Hill. Hill is a bone-crushing safety that spent more than two seasons roaming the secondary in Ann Arbor. Praised for his on-field versatility, the Tulsa native can help stop the run or drop back in pass coverage. Hill led the Wolverines in passes defended and interceptions in 2021 and ran a blazing 4-3-8 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine. He's an absolute freak. He was the Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year. He's brothers of Justice Hill. He yes. plays for the Ravens. He's yes, his, running back. His brother. At Michigan, he second on the team in tackles last year. Led him in passes defended, interceptions, runs a 4-3-8, played a lot of nickel. They switched defensive yep. coordinators. He ran a lot of nickel corner. He's an, he's a safety by trade, a safety in the draft. But some, some AFC scouts said he could be a full-time corner yes. in the National Football League. But his athleticism jumps off the charts with you. And also, using the terms bone crusher, <laughs> is some, I know we like Lewis Seen for that, but that still can hit you too. I was going to say, Seen's more the bone crusher to me. But uh, I, 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 see, I see where he'll, you know, where he could be that because he is explosive, man. In short areas, you know, his, his testing numbers showed that, as we talked about with Thor earlier. But he, he is a really good tester, a really good athlete. And his versatility is what really makes him an intriguing pick for the Chiefs because, hey, let's be honest, the Chiefs could use any sort of secondary member, you know, in my opinion. You know, yeah, some people say, what are you doing getting safety? Well, they, get, they still got Thornhill here and Justin. They, there is one safety on the roster signed past 22. Here. This, is, this is an addition. This is yes. getting some because they use Sorensen all the time. This is a better version of that. They are in the three safety set a lot and in very important situations in the defense. Some of the most important plays of the game, they are in their dime defense with Any plays nickel sets. more than Justin Reed. Justin Reed does yes. play that, but he only had 65 snaps at that last year. Just Yeah, Justin Reed is better Dex at the free had a ton of nickel uh, of, uh, of yes. opportunities he'll last play, year. Yeah, he'll play 70% of his snaps in, his, in this last year in the slot at Michigan. 70% of his defensive snaps came in the slot. He is definitely a better slot defender, in my opinion, than Justin Reed is. Justin Reed should definitely be used more in a, a true safety role, a free safety or a strong safety role rather than a true slot corner. And that's the difference between him and Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew could man up in the slot and just be a corner. And, and that's what was so special about him is he was so versatile. I don't think Reed is that same level of versatility. Getting a guy like Daxton Hill who can play, because he can play those free safety and strong safety positions as well, in my opinion. We didn't see it as much as some of these other guys in the draft. But he has the athleticism to do it, the ball skills to do it. Yeah, I think Daxon Hill, because of his versatility, makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs to pick. And this value right here, after you already took your receiver and edge, perfect, man. I, I, I This is a great draft. B-plus, that was last week, Jay. I'm going them to the A's. Oh, I'm going them like to the that. A's. Yeah, because you got a versatile yes. defensive back that we need. Yeah. And also in the second round, I know you're going to like this name as well. I had him in the second round last week, moved him back a little bit because I think he'll, he's probably going to be mid too late. Second round, and that name is Logan Hall, uh, 6'6", 283 from the University of Houston. Um, violent player. When you see him, he wants to punish you. Yeah. And I know you called Daxon Hill there. They, they called him the, the Foxman, yet they're called him a bone crusher. Um, this is a dude with six sacks last year, 13 tackles, plays the three, the four-eye, and the yep. five. It's reason, big reason why uh, all but one team was at the Houston Pro Day. Yep. And that was the Rams because they're not doing any of this stuff for some reason. And he had a nice senior bowl. But Logan Hall is a guy that uh, I know you've done some research on. Yes. No, honestly, uh, you know, I've, I've dug into him a little bit. I'm, I'm going to dig into him more for sure. But one thing that, that kind of strikes me is, is he does remind me of Chris Jones and, and in the good and the bad. And in terms of a lot of people want to put him at edge in the NFL. He's, a, you know, you mentioned 6'6", 283 uh, was what he weighed in at. I really think that's a mistake. I, I, I think he needs to be used as a Chris Jones type in terms of a penetrating three tech or a five tech, uh, obviously in the base three, four. I don't see him as a, as a true four, three D end. And I know, you know, I, I know it's lines are so versatile nowadays. I don't know how much it truly matters what alignment you're going to play in your base formations. But I do think he's too much of a tweener for me for the Chiefs defense. I think I'd rather see a guy that maybe is a little more of an edge. Uh, but you already got edge in the first round. So that's why I like this swing because I, I do think he's a really disruptive just both, player. I, think. I mean, it's, they, they like the guys. Like of course. Chris Jones, they put him inside, outside. Of course. But Turk, you, they like inside and outside. You mentioned Chris Jones, though. That is what because we didn't I didn't like Chris Jones at edge last year. Did you? Did you like to he see was better inside? Yes. And, and so I think I, I, cause you watch Logan Hall, there was a game last year against Texas tech, uh, that he played primarily edge and I got Chris Jones at edge vibes, which I didn't like. I, I like the guy, if he's explosive for an interior defender does not necessarily mean he's going to be explosive as an edge defender. All that, all that said, I, I've said it all. And I said this last week too, but all that said, you're picking him at 62. 
not picking him at 38 like last week. I think 62 is good value for this kind of swing because he does have traits to be a Chris Jones type of pass rusher from the interior. But Chris Jones are so unique and so rare, man. So I, I don't want to like you're not getting Chris Jones for sure. And that's the problem because he, he, I do think he is more of a volatile player um, than than you know, then we'd like to think, I guess. Before we get to Edge in our next segment, my third round pick is I traded one of them away so I can get up and get Daxon Hill, which yes. I'm fine with. Yes, you are. So I ask you this this guy right before we take a break, and that's third round. First guy is a cornerback from the University of Nebraska, Cam Taylor Britt. Um, Yahoo did an all juice team like Therese used to do in tribute to Therese Paler. Two of my guys made that juice team. Arnold Ibikati was on that team, and so was Cam Taylor Britt the cornerback from Nebraska, who's the three-year captain for that team. The guy was all over the place. We talked to any Husker fan. They will remember Cam Taylor Britt. Yes. Yeah, I know he's got the versatility again. I, I, you know, he's a guy that was all over the defense for them in his in his entire Nebraska career. Uh, you know, played some safety at first. It kind of transitioned more to a corner. Another one as of those went. guys that does both. Yeah, exactly. And and man, you you see why he was a safety at first. It it still is in his play in terms of his his hit. You know, hard hitting his physical. Uh, you know, his aggressiveness. Um, and and he's kind of a bigger corner. But all that said, he's also a pretty dang good athlete for that size. And that's why you're going to see him go high and like a third round pick. I, I think you could even see him in the second round potentially. Um, so getting him as a value here, I like that. He's, he's my cornerback 11, just outside the top 10. Um, I, I, I like guys like Kobe Bryant, Martin Emerson, a little more, just a little more, right. but it's close. I know it's you close. like Emerson quite a bit. But anyway, we'll take a time and we come back. We'll look at some of these edge defenders before we're getting your questions. Don't forget 913-576-7610, Jay Southland, um, uh, toe service text line. You're listening to our draft special brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Final couple segments of the uh, Chiefs Draft Special. I'm Jay Binkley with Ron Kopp, lead analyst over at arrowheadpride.com, and Julio Sanchez, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Ron Edge, and I know that going into this draft, which is next Thursday and I can't wait, I said they've got to get wide receiver. This is before they brought in the MBS and Juju. But I'm still staying with the Edge, and I've stayed with that yeah. in the mocks because you got to find a way to get to the quarterback. And I would say this, in the Chiefs room, team in the locker room, the wide receiver room is better than the edge room at this point. Well, of course. Yeah, and this yeah. is where you can bring that up. <laughs> yes, there are only three defensive ends on the roster that have proven themselves as NFL players, not even starters, just players. Uh, Frank Clark. I mean, Kando hasn't proven himself, I guess. So Frank Clark and Dane are really the only two actual capable um, NFL players that we know of. Joshua Kando still a work in progress, although he did play a little bit last year. So, But, yeah, that's, that's the only three. Um, and Frank Clark, we just saw his contract kind of rework this year where it looks like they could get out of it pretty easy next year. So all oh, that to definitely. say, yeah. they have a need in the short term and the long term for edge rusher. And so that's where it gets really interesting. Well, before we go, how, how many would you get? Would you get that's, one of 20 or 30 and then go again at it? And the fourth or the third? Where, exactly. Like how many are you getting? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think you have to. I, I think you should double up, in my opinion. I think, I'm doubling up. I'm going yeah. 29. I'm going in the second round. Yeah, exactly. In the second round. Yeah. And you did. You went uh, Abiketti and Logan well, Hall. Logan Hall was, you know, it's. But yes. again, I'm going to, and I went to PD at the defensive yes. tackle later. So I, yes. went, I went heavy defense. He's an explosive player. For I went sure. heavy defense. Yeah, but no, I, I think I think it's a perfect lead into kind of my idea for right now is just that I think there's a, these double up opportunities and you have to play them the right way. I don't think you get two of the same type of player. I don't think you get two huge dudes. They don't have much pass rush juice. I don't think you get two guys that only have, you know, that, that, that speed, that pass rush around the outside, but can't hold a, an edge. I think you did it great. I think you got Ibikiti in the first round, and then you come back and get Logan Hall in the second round, a much bigger guy that's going to be a physical presence. I just wanted to outside. get one of them. Yeah, like I draft that because, but then usually they, get, they don't. Yeah, and then they get two of them. So I, I like it. So I, Mahomes, they did. So I think other ways to do that. I, I think you know, David Ojaba makes a lot of sense for doubling up, right? Because you're not getting anything from him right away. You have to get another edge rusher, and so I think uh, unless you know, he proved, he'll be fine. And, it was it was only a month ago though. I mean, I, it's, yeah, is it this pro day towards Achilles? Yeah, which, they they have history with that yeah. injury. I know, no, it, it's gotten crazy how quickly people. But they get need back. production right away. Yeah, but like a, a guy like you pick David Ajabo in the first round. Well, maybe you come back around and pick a guy like Joshua Pascal, the Kentucky edge rusher, a guy that I've really come around on as 
you know, he's not going to be the most exciting pick, a guy that's not going to come in and, and give you a ton of flash plays. But, man, he's going to be a really solid player on the edge. You know, definitely a thick body, a thicker dude, not the not the tallest dude, not the longest dude. Played in the SEC. So. Kind of a Mike Dana type of player where you're going to get really solid play. You know, he's going to use his leverage really well to, to hold up against blocks and, and, and make plays. But, yeah, he, he's not going to be the most, you know, exciting edge rusher or anything. But if you get a guy like Ojabo, you pair him with a guy like Pascal that's more solid, and then you get the pass rush upside with Ojabo. Another one, you, you said you got Abikati in your mock draft. I think pairing him later with a guy like Cameron Thomas makes a lot of sense, too. The San Diego State. That's a guy that I mocked rusher. early on. Yes, you I, did. I really like him. I mean, you've seen fluctuations from the first round. People have backed off that. Yeah. The second round, maybe get him in the third round. I've mocked him to the Chiefs. I really like him. I, I like Logan Hall a little bit better. That's why I went that direction. Yeah. Because of the versatility. And Cam Thomas, one of these guys that plays inside and outside, yep. even though he did lead FBS in pressures last year. He did. Yeah. No, he's a guy that I wasn't super impressed with as a potential pick at 29 or 30 because I just didn't think he dominated at that level like like a first-round pick probably should in the Mountain West. Even though he did lead the, the league in pressures, which when I watch him, I don't I don't necessarily see that kind of domination. Um, and, you know, that's the thing. You watch certain games, maybe other games, he's just completely, you know, unblockable. So that's the thing. Now that he's a, a late second, maybe even a third round pick, great value. And I, I love that value, especially if you're going to get a guy like Abe Katie first, then you come back and get a Cameron Thomas. But then what if you go the other way? What if you get a guy like Karloftis first, right? You get a guy that's more solid, you know, more, you know, you can throw in right away. And then you take a swing on a guy like Nick Bonito, the Oklahoma edge rusher who, man, he has some juice, man. He is, I mean, he's a really light guy. That's why he's, he's probably, you know, he's, he's a guy that probably doesn't even fit in the defense. He's going to be more of a Sam linebacker in, in a Spagnola type of some defense. Some people have liked him more than anybody in the draft. Like, he's gotten that kind of run from some people. His pressure rate was insane last year at Oklahoma. And the Big 12, you know, that's a different story. You know, the Big 12 is, is you know, in terms of, of how how uh, how spread out it is, how many op- passing opportunities you get, you know, it's just kind of it's not the same level of talent as, as the SEC maybe necessarily. But, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, if the Chiefs really want to take a swing on someone with pass rush juice, it makes sense. Another, the, another guy, though, I, I want to throw out is Dominique Robinson, the Miami of Ohio edge rusher. You know, he might project more in the same kind of way where he might be more of a 3-4 outside linebacker. But at the same time, man, he, he does have some pretty good length. He, he's, he's obviously a guy that, that has some pretty good size. He's about 6'4", 255. And I just think for, you know, maybe a later, maybe third or so round pick, man, he could, he could really be, a, you know, a guy that, that's more of a project, more of a, you know, a high upside guy. But he could give you some juice off the edge. And, and again, pairing it with a guy like George Karloftis, you kind of get the best of both worlds. So I really like the Chiefs' opportunity to double up. I think they have a lot of different ways they could go about it. I, I like the doubling up thing mm-hmm. because to me, you know, Caden Doe's still here. And last year was kind of a red shirt year for him. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hope so. And they can't afford, I don't think, the red shirt anybody this year. Yeah. It's got to be somebody, I guess you see the potential in, but somebody can throw in a rotation because there will be a defensive line rotation from the Chiefs this year. Yeah. Well, so, so and that's the thing. They could also wait a little bit because there are some later round guys that they could maybe uh, pick up on that, that I that I really like. And one guy that, that stands out to me is Michael Clemens, the Texas A&M defensive end. We've talked about him a little bit. You like uh, those Texas A&M defensive linemen. Well, man, you I, I want to watch DeMarvin Leal. I don't get excited about DeMarvin Leal, the defensive tackle, the three-tech. I, I try to get excited about him. And all I keep seeing is this guy, Michael Clemens, making plays, being a really solid player on the edge, a guy that's especially a good size, man. He's about 6'5". He's one of the bigger uh, ends in the class. Um, and he just seems like a really solid player, a guy that in the fourth or fifth round, you're taking him and you feel like you can maybe put him in right away. So that's why if the Chiefs do want to take a swing on Ojabo earlier or another guy that's maybe more high ceiling, even if they wait a little longer, I think guys like Michael Clemens, even Alex Wright, the UAB edge, uh, defensive end who will go middle rounds, didn't really test that well, but just such a huge dude and, and should be able to come in and, and eat up snaps. You know, I like him too. And here's the thing with Georgia. People ask me about Georgia guys all the time, but the problem is, when you have Trayvon Walker and Devontae Wyatt and Kobe Dean and Lewis Seen, and you look at all the talent they have on defense and Jordan yeah. Davis, I mean, yeah. go on and on. That team is loaded on defense. You say, well, is this player good? Well, that defense was legendary in Georgia. Right. Were they good all as a unit, or were they good? Did some people stand out or not, or did some people benefit? Yeah. The Kobe Dean, the linebacker, did he benefit from having a kick-ass defensive line? I would think so, right? And and he did, but he also made those plays, and he also w- did fly all over the field. So, but no, you're right, I, and I think that's where you, like a Jordan Davis conversation comes into play. I mean, people say, oh, he couldn't get on the, he wasn't playing all three downs for Georgia. Why would they have him on the field when they have they can have fresh legs and, and guys like Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt in the game who are a little more explosive, obviously, than Jordan Wyatt or I mean Jordan Davis. So it's just kind of funny, you know. It, it's so easy to see that that's why he wasn't utilized as much. 
and it's why he could maybe be under uh, undervalued in the draft. So. Here's the thing, Ron. We've seen so many of these these trade ups for Jameson Williams or Chris Olave. We have not. Are you, are you surprised at all? We haven't seen the trade up for Edge, and I think this is kind of an indictment on the Edge position, as I mentioned to you before. 18 of the top 20 sackers last year were first round picks. Yes. I mean, they're loaded. It, because I've always felt like you can get quality edge sitting where they are. Because typical years, you would see more Chiefs trade up for edge than wide receiver. This year, it's the other way around. It's trading up for receiver instead of edge, which I think is a real indictment kind of on the depth of the position early on. Now, as a whole, it's, it, it's deep. Top heavy, no. Yeah, I will say, I, I will say, I, th- I think it's more the mock, the mocking part. Not seeing a lot of mock drafts with trades up for edge. I think it's just more about the excitement of it, right? When you're when you want to trade up for somebody, you want to trade up for that big quarterback or that that big play receiver. So maybe that's all that is, because I do think if a guy like Jermaine Johnson falls into the top fifteen or you know into that fifteen range, if a guy you know somehow Thibodeau falls into that range, you know, you trade up for that guy. And I think, the, I think the chiefs would, I, I, I think so. I think Brett Veach is aggressive enough and understands the value of, of, of that position, especially where he's at right now. I definitely think a uh, Jermaine Johnson, you know, I, I really like him. I think he's going to be a guy you throw in right away and gives you, you know, really good starting snaps all the way up until the end of his rookie deal. Um, but, but a guy like Thibodeau, man, that might, in my opinion, he's the best pass rusher in the class. And it seems like he's slipping a little bit. Those are two guys that you really think about moving up for if they slip too much. I wouldn't move up for a guy like uh, George Karloftis or, you know, a, a Trayvon Walker if he falls for whatever reason, although it seems like he may go number one overall. I just wouldn't trade up for those guys. I don't know. I, I really, I, the two guys I'd really want to trade up for that if they slipped and they realistically could a little bit are Thibodeau and Jermaine Johnson. So I, those are the two names if you're the Chiefs to circle, uh, circle right now if you're going to move up for anybody. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we come back, we'll look at that. We'll take your questions. 913-576-7610, the J Southland Tow Service text line. We wrap the Chiefs draft special up, but we're coming back next week. Talk about that next. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. And welcome back to our Chiefs Draft Special, brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jay Binkley with Ron Kopp, the lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, and Julio Sanchez. Let's go to the phone lines now at 913-576-7610. Let's go to Lee Summit, talk to Mario. What's up, Mario? Hey there, Bink. I enjoy listening to your show. Love your passion for the draft and for football. I greatly enjoy you. Thank you. Unfortunately, I didn't get to hear all of it because I had to work late, and so I didn't get to hear everything. But uh, if I wanted to see if I could get a recap of your uh, uh, picks, and then also I wanted to ask you, I know a lot of people saying trade up. Me personally, my my opinion is I would like to see the Chiefs stand pat or, if anything, trade back maybe the 30th and trade back into the upper second round and pick up an extra early third. I know I'm greedy. That might sound greedy, but <laughs> no, it I doesn't. But I just like I don't, and I'm gonna give you a reason why. One, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not bashing Veach, but we haven't fared too well when we traded up and, and gave up additional uh, draft capital for guys like Hardman or Speaks or whoever, Nandi and guys like that. I just feel like if, when you trade up, you can't just trade up for guys that are just you know. Guys, they got to be difference makers. And if they're not difference makers, in my opinion, I don't see the point of giving up extra draft capital because I I hate looking back at a draft and saying, man, we could have had that guy. We could have had that guy. We But we took this guy. You know, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but, hey, that's what the scouts get paid for. So if you can't find me no players, then I guess I need to find some new scouts is the way I look at it. But <laughs> good stuff, it. Mario. I, you know. Hey, Mark, you can listen to the podcast if you want to. We had a lot of good draft content early on with Thor Nystrom, uh, draft analyst, and also Josh Edwards. But uh, thank you for calling in. You know, last year in the second round, they did have success because Orlando Brown trade, when they did trade him to the Ravens, they got back a second-round pick. Remember, Veach wanted second and third-rounders last year. Got Nick Bolton. So the second round last year, got Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and, and Trey Smith. Last year's draft was a home run for the Kansas City Chiefs. No other way to look at it, in my opinion, than an A. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing. I, I think he made a great point is that if you don't feel like you're getting a difference maker by trading up in the first round, then yeah, don't don't just go get somebody just because they're going to go higher than than you're going to be able to pick them. If you don't think they're going to be a true difference maker, that's why a name really only Kayvon Thibodeau 
and Jermaine Johnson. Now, Jer- Johnson, I-, I will say, you know, maybe he's not the highest ceiling guy. He might just be a really solid player. And maybe you don't trade up for that. So, you know, I, I could see why maybe you don't trade up in this class because the top of the class just isn't as impressive as other years. And, and maybe that's the usually top 10. He's saying, yeah, maybe we already know sprinkled. it's good. Good draft. Yeah. A deep draft, in my opinion, the top 10. So and, and that is why maybe and, and there's going to be duds. There always is. And I agree with Mario. You know, hey, let's I, I would probably stand pat in the first round and then I would rather trade up in the second for a guy that we really like. You know, we talk about some of those safeties going like trading back for more picks. I don't think they're in the market to do that. Yeah. They already have 12. Yeah. Unless you're trading for 2023 picks or something. But yeah, you, you just don't have enough or you, you have enough already. But yeah, so I, I don't see necessarily trading back from 29 or 30. I'd say say put, but then yeah, I like the idea of trading up from the bottom of the second or even the third round too. So Great stuff, and on draft night, I'll be here uh, live next Thursday during the whole draft and stay till, I don't know, 10, 11, whatever the first round's over, we'll be here. And then of course, uh, Saturday as well, going to be a full five or six hour show, whatever it is. The last day of the draft's always fun, we're from the draft picks and everything else. Thanks to Thor Nystrom, NBC uh, Sports Edge, for joining us Talking Draft, and Josh Edwards from CBS uh, Sports Talking Draft, and also Lucas Cruel, the uh, Mill Valley, former Mill Valley tight end that went to Florida, and then the University of Pittsburgh got passes from Kenny Pickett. It was great stuff. Did a great interview. Thanks to you as always, Ron. Always yeah. enjoy you coming in. No, I appreciate you, Jay. No, this is fun, and we're only a week away now. I mean, it's, this is kind of this kind of felt like the jumping off point. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Julio Sanchez did a great job producing the operation. I will see you tomorrow between 10 and 2. Good night. You're listening to Bink's NFL Draft Special on 610 Sports Radio. Brought to you by Window World, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.